Uh, hey, everybody. It's uh, Colton Stonebaugh with the Dean Houston Inspire Podcast. We're providing you fearless B2B insights one week at a time. Um, well, this week, not B2B. Uh, we're going to have some fun with it, do it a little bit different, and uh, kind of recap last night's big game ads. Uh, notice I did not talk about any superb owls or anything like that. Um, so don't use those two words to anybody in the group here. Try not to get sued. Uh, with that said, I'm joined by three of Dean Houston's finest media and creative personnel. Uh, Jamie, how about you introduce yourself first? I'm Jamie Grabert. I'm the media director at Dean Houston. I've been here about four, uh, almost four years and just happy to join in on the chat today. Jesse, how about you? So I am Jesse Severson. I am a digital content writer out of Dean Houston, Chicago. And so there's nothing more. I'm a nerd that reads ad books and why things work and why they don't. So I jumped at the chance to be a part of this incredible all right and last but certainly not least josh garcia the one and only i am the vp of creative here i had the fun job i get to work with all of our wonderful creatives here at dean houston and then take all the credit for it so that's what i get to do yeah you look like that kind of guy <laughs> but uh, that said reporting live from los angeles you know and uh, you're the only one of us that's west of the Mississippi, so we're going to consider you the visiting team. For the sake of the football theme, you know, and the format here is going to be going to spend first half of the episode either talking about ads we loved or ads we hated. We're going to flip a coin and get it kicked off, and you're going to pick what direction we take it or Jesse is going to pick depending on if you win or lose the toss. So here's a quarter. There's an eagle for tails. Heads, well, that's heads. All right. So give it, give it a shot. What's it going to be? I'm calling heads hate. Oh, let's, let's start with the haters. All right. Haters. So – Mr. Garcia, what was your least favorite ad? All right. I hope I don't take heat for this one, but I got to kick it off with the Cheetos. It wasn't me ad. I think that one just <laughs> fell short of short. You have this huge, tremendous talent. Look, I love Ashton Kutcher. I love Mila Kunis and give it up for Shaggy. I think they could have done so much more with that. I thought it was, it just fell short for me. I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think it was memorable. I was just, I was very disappointed in that one. So my thoughts on that would be, um, A, it's one of those ads where it kind of turns a, a brand weakness, like the Cheeto, Cheeto fingers into kind of the strength where you kind of play off that. Um, I, I, I agree that it, it, I didn't. I thought it could have been funnier. Um, I do think the idea of adding Shaggy. So the thing is, I, I, I once heard a writer or a comedian say people like hearing words that they forgot that they knew. So like oblong or parallelogram. It's just like, oh yeah, I, I, I do know that word. And I do think there is a little bit of that to cameos. 
like with Shaggy. Like, oh yeah, Shaggy. So I, I, I get the allure of that. Um, Jamie, what did you think? I, I actually didn't mind it. I found it pretty entertaining. Um, I like Shaggy, I like Mila, I like Ashton too. Um, but I thought it kind of stayed with Cheeto's theme. You know, if you think back to their other commercials, like the one with the blue light, right? With the family and the, the hands and the dad, you know, who ate my Cheetos kind of things. Um, I think it kind of stayed in that same kind of theme or family. So I got it. Um, but how many times do you like, you know, how many times as a kid or whatever, did you eat something off the shelf and put away an empty box or whatever, or eat something that someone else had already claimed, you know? So I thought it, for me, it was entertaining. I like but it was entertaining. I like the premise of it. And again, you know, with Super Bowl, it's all about the feel good, right? It's it's oh. this American holiday, if you will. And it's like, so there's a lot of nostalgia that happens in these commercials. So I, again, we think of Shaggy, it's kind of a kick to the past and you have that connection and we've all grown up with Cheetos and the messy fingers. So it's like all of that resonates to me. It was just the execution of it. I thought her singing that it wasn't me. It was like this weird kind of execution. She's kind of talking, she's kind of singing, and it was just it was just weird to me. I don't know. That 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 is surprising. I thought it was a pretty good ad. Ashton Kutcher can't sing. Makes me feel good about myself, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but the most surprising thing I heard there was uh, Jesse. I I'm shocked. That you're saying that you you don't listen to Shaggy on a regular basis. Did you know that Shaggy was a Marine? Really? Mm-hmm. So and he doesn't naturally talk about that accent either. Right. You know, if I'm ever on having to pick sides for like Trivial Pursuit, I'm calling I'm calling Jesse hands down. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. Be the first or the last nugget that we pull out here. But, uh, well, let, let, let's give Jesse a break for a second, Jamie. Please start hating. What was your least favorite ad? Man, I tell you what, there were so many that I was just like, eh, for. Um, but the one that really just did the least for me is definitely the Mountain Dew, the Major Melon. Um, that whole thing with John Cena. Yeah, I just really didn't get that. I mean, I know they were launching, trying to find a way to to tie social, uh, their, their social channels to the ad, but just really didn't work for me. Did anybody, else, well. did anybody else get any like fear and loathing in Las Vegas vibes with the guy that was riding shotgun with him? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering I what they were was. doing with that, you know, and like from a visual standpoint, I thought it was beautiful, right? The cinematography and the background and the set that they had, all the bright colors, everything that was happening, all the choreography that was happening with that particular shoot, I thought was beautiful. It's just like there was no substance behind it. There was really no true idea. And again, they're launching this new product. And the whole thing was to guess how many bottles appeared in the commercial and you might win a million bucks. There was just like, I don't know, there was really no takeaway from that. You know, and I had no connection and I just thought it was, a little bit weird. I do think that's an interesting like call to action, sort of speak, though. Like in terms of like it gives them something to actually do and go and seek out like the website. So to that aspect, I, I sort of get it. Um, I, I lean more towards Jamie. Like it just didn't do anything for me. Uh, maybe that's just I'm not I'm not a Mountain Dew drinker. But um, yeah, do you think that's an ad? Like, do you think that's they're trying to cater to everybody? Or do you think that there's a specific like Mountain Dew audience? 
I think, you know, the last two years, the Mountain Dew ads have been really strong. You had, um, you mm. know, Morgan Freeman in them. You, you know, they've had a really strong presence and they even partnered with Doritos, you know. And so I was expecting to have this like really impactful Mountain Dew ad. And that's what I got. And so maybe it was just like, you know, they had done so much the previous two years that the expectation was that it would be something grand. And it just wasn't. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I do like Jesse, you know, it's kind of being the, the resident digital guy on the call, like the, the social call to action, I think was really strong. Uh, I think what was really lacking, and it sounds ridiculous, because it was a million dollars. But, you know, they probably have 10 million into that app. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wonder if they couldn't have gone a little bit more nuts on that pull through the call to action and really done something a little bit. Uh, yeah, I just wonder if, it, if, if they would have allocated more of their funds, you know, or maybe even skipped the ad in general and took like a counter anti-ad approach and just gave away a bucket full of money, you know, during the game via social, if it wouldn't have been more effective. You know, because I, I don't understand it, but like you said, Jesse, I, I'm not a Mountain Dew drinker, haven't been for years, except for the occasional Baja Blast, because that stuff is incredible. But, um, you know, it's it's a very strange thing. And, like, who is that for? Is it for the, the younger generation? I, I just don't know. Didn't make sense. So holding to that point, I do wonder, like, the idea of, like, the million dollars. I think it's it's a – kind of your stereotypical giveaway, it's a nice flat $1 million. I, I do wonder, like, how much increasing that would kind of change the needle. Like, are there people that are like, yeah, I would enter if it was $5 million, but $1 million, it's not worth my time. Or, or split it multiple ways, you know, share the love, have more people in there. I don't know. But I am curious, though, about their demographic. Again, you would think that a pop commercial is targeting younger folks. But again, having John Cena as the, the dude, you know, he's he's been around for a while. He's, he's breaking out of wrestling into movies and all this stuff. And it's like, mm, who is it? Who is his audience? You know, and who are they really trying to capture with this particular commercial? Not sure. I had to do a double take because, you know, in recent weeks or months, he's been in all of these Experian commercials. And I was like, well, wait a minute. You know, he's dual spokespersoning now. I need to rethink this whole thought of him. But, you know, that kind of threw me at first, too, because a lot of the coloring was the same initially in the ads, you know. So, uh, you know, at first I wasn't quite sure what the ad was even about. Mm. To that point, in terms of the call to action, I do think it, it can be a, a strong uh message just in the sense of like if the goal is to get people to like go back rewatch and you're like slowly watching to see all the bottles and so for that 10 minutes as you're counting bottles you're looking at the new melon mountain dew in that sense like all right you just turned a 30 second ad into a 10 minute experience that's a metric i would like to see is how many people paused yeah. On, you know, like on demand and live pause to try and count the number of bottles on that. And did they really show the accurate amount of bottles in the commercial? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting one, but I do think like in and of itself, like who knows what they were doing on the back end, but Jamie, I think that was an excellent call out of one of the weak grants of the night. Now, Jesse, I know you're a pretty spiteful negative person by nature. So I've actually been waiting. <laughs> Uh, that's fair. That's that's true. What? Uh, wh where are you taking this one, man? What? what so, 
maybe I'm predisposed on this because I do not like Tim Burton movies. I just, they're not my style. No, so the don't. whole Edward Scissorhands commercial, um, one question I had for you guys, uh, I, I, I want to test this hypothesis. What was that, what was that commercial for? Like, do you remember the Edward Scissorhands commercial? What it was, was it? the Cadillac TV? It, well, the Cadillac, it, no, it, it drives itself, and so right. it's hands yeah. off. Okay. Right, so it's like, yeah, you got the you got your scissor hands in, but it doesn't matter because I'm hands off. It takes care of me, right? And it goes. Yeah, because I was I was curious to see because I, I know a lot of times, especially with those car commercials, like you know, it's like for the hands free, but it's like, was that for Cadillac? Was that for Toyota? So it's good good on you for for remembering that because I had to actually go back and be like, oh yeah, the Edward Scissorhands. Well, I I, the only reason I knew is because I went back and had to rewatch that commercial. Because to your right. point, the first time I watched it, I had no idea what I just watched. I didn't know what it was about. I had to rewatch it. Then you know when I rewatched it, it sank in a little more. I was like, okay. And then I started thinking about. I, why did why did they take this route? You know, and then I started thinking. Well, it's for Cadillac, right? It's a little higher price of a car. They're they're going for people probably in my genre because people in their forties, early fifties, grew up with Edward Scissorhands. They know that character, right? I was in the theater watching that movie, so it resonates with me. I get it. It wasn't my favorite ad, and but I understood kind of. I think the the logic of thinking of why they chose that. But even that, like if you're dealing with Cadillac, like that's, it's synonymous with like luxury. And it seemed, it seemed odd for like a luxury car to kind of go like the cutesy poo route. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, Edward Scissorhands for Cadillac. Like usually it's like Cadillac, it's like a, an Aspire thing. Like, oh, I, I wish one day I can afford a Cadillac. I agree. Like, I, oh, think, I think if you're going to do that anywhere, Super Bowl is the place to do it. You know, if you're going to have fun with something, I think Super Bowl is the perfect medium to kind of push those boundaries. Yeah. Jamie, I know you've got a love for electric vehicles. So you got to have do. I do. I, I actually liked the Cadillac commercial over the GM commercial for EVs, if we're being honest. Ooh, hot um, take. We'll get to that in a minute, I'm sure. So, you know, I, I, I didn't mind it. It was kind of in the middle for me. I'm kind of like Josh in that same age bracket. So it, Edward Scissorhands, yeah, I can, I can identify, you know, yeah, I would still be petrified for one of those things to touch something in an electric, electronic car, but that's beside the point. Um, you know, for me, yeah, it was just kind of a, okay, one or the other, fine, but it didn't really move me one direction or the other either. I mean, I didn't really feel like I want to go out and buy this, this Cadillac or anything. Honestly, the whole time I was thinking, I was like, he's scratching up the leather. That's the, that's the only thought I, I could have. And I'm just like, it was driving me nuts. I was waiting for a short. When he hit metal to that button, I was just waiting for something to short out. So, you know. <laughs> so one commercial that I was surprised that neither of you guys chose, because I assumed most people in our audience hated it. And I thought it was actually interesting considering the, the size of the company and kind of wanting to get their name out there was the Oatly Milk, the guy in the field doing the song. Yeah. Uh, when I when I heard it, I was just like, what is this? And you kind of check Twitter and everybody's like mocking it. But for I think if you ask most people, like, do you know what Oatly is? I think most people would not know. So I wonder if that do you guys took that as like the there's no such thing as bad publicity where even if you're kind of mocking, at least Oatly is trending and people the name is getting out there. Well, well Jesse, on that note, though. 
you got to let the host talk a little bit because that was by far the ad that made me just grimace and <laughs> made me so angry. And here's why. It is obvious that that CEO, and he's probably a great guy, wants to take like the Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, <laughs> I am the face of this company route. Because it was nothing but him sitting in a field yeah. singing a terrible song. But like, do you think that's pur purposeful? Like, if you think back to those old, like, Quiznos commercials with the annoying, like, talking, whatever that thing was, I think there are people that try to be kind of purposefully bad. Why, 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 why wouldn't you take a, a musician, anybody else, to sing that, except for the CEO, except he's trying to turn himself into a celebrity. But you know, here's the thing, to Jesse's point, this this particular ad is getting so much noise and traction right now, because I saw the thing on Twitter, but now too in the agency world, this that particular commercial has gotten really high marked. So whatever you think about it, it's definitely being talked about, so. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. To me, that's that's an ad that's like as you're in the grocery store and you see it in the in the cooler that you kind of the people that didn't know what Oatly was they're like oh Oatly from the commercial so to that end I think it's it's productive but to Colton to your your point I guess if you're the CEO and you're the one cutting the checks you know you get to be in the commercial <laughs> if you, you want do whatever you want if you if you look at Tesla's growth and like. Yeah how popular he is in pop culture maybe that is the right business move but like you want to talk about only like like that is a like at least in my neighborhood where i live you know the areas surrounding you know kind of being more in the uh, the crunchy i like milk alternative demographic and segment like they've been doing great advertising for like two years like you know we can't say this is dairy and we're proud of it like things like that to just capture people's attention. I just felt like that was, you know, like a, like this obvious ploy to turn himself into a figure and it, it probably worked, but something about it annoyed me. I don't know. Jamie, what do you think? For me, it's like this, right? What's the job of an ad? The job of an ad is to get your attention and it's done that, right? Because think of all the people, it's trending. It's so bad it's trending. So, right, you're either so good you're trending or so bad that you're trending. And then there's those ones in the middle that everybody's just indifferent to and they get no attention. So if you think about it, I mean, maybe it was genius because it was so terrible. To that credit, to that point, like Josh, when you kind of say the Cheeto ads, I think, that, <clears throat> I think that's an ad that like wasn't purposefully bad. Like it just, it wasn't funny. The execution wasn't great. Right. Whereas like, so that, that commercial just, I think sucks. Whereas like the Oatly, if I think if it's, come at like a purposeful like disruptive like yeah people are probably gonna like make yes. fun of me because i'm not the best singer if that's the goal i think it's an effective ad yeah like like to, to wrap it through before we get into the positive the one small change they could have made on that cheeto ad to make it better is if is they panned out that the shaggy had like cheeto dust on his neck or the back of his jeans you know? <laughs> yeah right right but that would have been perfect but you know, but uh, all right. So we, we do have to go to the positive angle. I'm sorry to the three of you. We got to start dishing out the compliments. Um, Jamie, I'm gonna pick on you. What was your favorite ad? 
my favorite ad truthfully was the Bud Light lemonade. Um, I, I, I really thank you, thank you. I, I really love that enjoyed ad. that because I laughed. And that was the, really the only commercial that I laughed. There were there were other commercials for me, too. but it was cool. And it was like you know what, it, it kind of sent the message of yeah, twenty twenty sucked, yes. but you know what? we it. gave you, you gave us lemons. Here's your lemonade, kind of thing for twenty twenty one. And it's kind of ironic, right, that we went from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, and now we have this new, you know, lemonade based beverage. You know, I mean, if you can't find the irony and the fun in that, what can you? Yeah, so I, you know, that, that, that particular one, too, didn't really score that high. And I thought it was one of the best ones. To your point, it made me laugh out loud. I thought it was a perfect mm -hmm. execution. It was a perfect wrap-up for the year. You know, it's all still fresh in our minds. We're still living 2020. You know, so it's like, to me, it was like, okay, they, they nailed it on this one. And, you know, they, Bud Light had two commercials. They had the Lemons, and then they had the Legends, right, which mm -hmm. I thought was, was well, too. But something with the Lemons just resonated with me. I really enjoyed that one. So one thing about that lemon commercial that kind of <clears throat> I brought up a different topic. So I actually watched that. That's one of those that kind of came out before the Super Bowl. So I kind of watched it before. And I do feel like, especially lately, the Super Bowl commercials have kind of turned into a Black Friday type situation where Black Friday used to be, you know, it starts Friday and then it started creeping more and more into where it's like, all right, the deals start on Thanksgiving. And I feel like now with Super Bowl commercials, like by releasing them before the game, and so people have already seen it, so it kind of takes away that that allure. Do you think, why do you think that is? Like, why would you release this big commercial ad? And I do feel like it's like when one company does it and then another company thinks, oh, we have to do that too. And then it just becomes more and more where like all the, if you wanted to watch the commercials, they're on before the game. Well, so that's well, luckily for, for me, for the impact sake, I, I didn't see it before the Super Bowl, so it had that impact for me. But to your point, I think it's a bad move. I think that, again, you lose that impact if it's a good commercial. You right. know, it's like one of the things, it's, it's one of the events out of the whole year, right, for a sporting event that half of the people are not even into football, right? We watch it because of the commercials. It's one of the things that we look forward to, right? These little mini movies that we're waiting to all see and critique, right? Whether what your back, it doesn't matter what your background is, you know, it's part of the experience. And so to release that is kind of like say, here's the, the first quarter of the football game already. You know, it just kind of takes the, the air out of the cell for me. It is interesting to that point, like streaming services, are these billion dollar, you know, behemoths on the foundation of like, oh, people don't want to watch ads. So it is weird that like the Super Bowl, like everybody gathers around to watch the ads, yeah. which I think, yeah. I think it's, I think it's more like people don't want to watch bad ads because they assume like, oh, they're going to spend a lot of money on this. So they're going to be interesting ads. Right. Well, and you know, historically up until about three years ago, Super Bowl commercials were the thing that people talked about for the whole week after the commercial that and the whatever tragedy or crazy event happened during the halftime show right so you know it was a, it was kind of like those commercials were were the thing to talk about around the water cooler and, and in the last few years we've seen this trend where you know there's there's been so many changes to how people are perceiving things and and what messages you know that that the advertisers are sending that everything's kind of been become more watered down and, and everything. 
So I think that has affected, you know, the creativity and the messaging and where people go um, in terms of where advertisers go in terms of their messaging. You know, it, it's, you know, we, we want to have these messages that show, hey, we're all in this together and this is a, a unifying and fun type of a thing. And we love to talk about these things. And I think that that's kind of part of it is that, you know, we're, we're all trying to uh, to just have fun with it, but also make sure that we're, we're sending supportive messages and not ones that tear down or insult or anything like that, any particular group or person. And so I, I think that, you know, there, there's a lot of improvements, I guess, we, we need to make in the ad game that start to re-engage, but also entertain. Uh, bring it back to the lemon ad, though. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons I loved it. Like, there were a couple moments in that ad that, like, mm -hmm. I think, at least everybody can relate to, you know, I'm projecting kind of my own experiences on this, but like one of the things that broke my heart in 2020 were like the number of weddings that had to get pushed. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, you're literally seeing a bride under. Yeah. A table <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah. Like that was a moment where I, I like kind of like sat up in my seat and was like, okay, I, you have my attention. And then like right after, maybe it was right before, like there's a business traveler looking for his flight status yeah. And then women just crash through the, the schedule. <laughs> I'm like, nah, this is, this, is, this, is, this is real. But the thing that I loved about it the most, and this was my second favorite ad, um, but the thing that I loved it about it the most is one of the things that's interesting about that, that Bud Light Seltzer brand is they actually hired a chief meme officer this year. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know if anybody noticed, but right after that, the cameras, and I'm sure this was all coordinated, went to that individual sitting in the stands with the sign with two lemons hanging off of it with a, with a message that reinforced the brand. So like, again, I was always looking for those points of digital integration. Like mm -hmm. I didn't go and check out, you know, Bud Light Seltzer's Instagram profile after the game. I'll be honest, but I'm sure that it was, it was just, hot. you know, yeah, great point, Colton. That's the same guy that throughout 2020 has, has been the guy that's been holding the signs. If you notice, if you went back and looked, it is the same guy. And so I love that you point that out. You know, so, all right. Well, Jamie, we got your favorite ad. I think you might've spoiled Josh's, so we might have to go deeper on his list, but uh -oh. Jesse, I'm gonna pick on you, man. What, uh, what was your favorite? So I'm gonna get my second favorite first because I thought it would have been Josh's favorite from a creative, like a visual. I love the SpaceX ad, like the black and white, and then the first color you see is that beautiful blue patch with a strong call to action of like, and a simple one, like, go here if you want a chance to go to space. Like, what a call to action, holy smokes. But I, I love kind of like the, the, the graphic visual of that ad, the kind of black and white rotating, where you don't see the whole thing, you just see snippets. Uh, Josh, from a creative, but from a visual stand, standpoint, like, what did you think of that one? It's funny. You know, that was on my list. And there's actually another ad that's on my list that, it, again, didn't rank high, but visually it was just beautiful. And that was the Toyota ad. Um, mm -hmm. We're talking about Jessica Long's story. You know, just the way that thing was shot to me was just superb. Oh. It, was, it, was just, it was just a beautifully shot piece. The water in the kitchen like that mm -hmm. that was pretty cool you you want to talk about the moments like through the ads that made you feel 
both of those I think scored really high for me. Like going back to the SpaceX one, like as soon as they brought the music in, that flipped soulful yes. verse, twinkle twinkle little star, to like bring that yeah. childlike wonder into it. Yeah. Like, like I absolutely loved it. But from a visual standpoint, Josh, to talk about that Toyota ad, which one I I do not understand why people like maybe because there wasn't a tight brand association and, and marketing people. Yes. You know, want to hate on that, but like the strongest visual to me is when the camera was coming out of the water and looking to the side, emulating Jessica. Yeah, I love that. Seeing different points. I love that. Like that's just like pure, like like even pick like a like a Oscar award winning film. Yeah. Camera work. The cinematography was just flawless. And I, I almost think, you know, obviously there's digital effects involved, but I also think they built some practical sets. And just the way they morphed it to, it was just flawless and seamless. And again, the subject matter also helps as well, right? I mean, it's a great story. The adoption, you know, the the disability, all of these different things mixed into it. It was just really well done. And to your point, Jesse, about the space thing, to me, again, you know, back in the 80s, you had the excitement of NASA, right? You know, the Challenger, all the stuff, sending the teacher in space, all, you know, this was a public program where you know they were trying to get the public excited to back up space and now you're you're fast forward it you have the privatization right of space now and now there's this new frontier and this new excitement right the new frontier is actually taking people to space taking the mars building hotels on on the moon right these are these are discussions that are really happening within these companies so for them to flip that energy into that commercial to me i thought was just it was brilliant well, and then you're usually like the call to actions are like, go here to see the the longer version of the commercial where it's like just a, the simple of like, yeah, go to here if you want to go to space. It kind of has that like, yeah. holy bleep, like moment of just like, I think getting the goal of the commercial, which would be to kind of get traffic to the, to the site. I, the, the Toyota one made me think of the, the idea of the cinematography. It's interesting how different companies choose to use the budget because like that stuff's not cheap to do obviously so then you kind of have like that route like make a beautiful ad or you know cut ashton kutcher and shaggy and mila kunis a big check and just the cameo factor i mean obviously from an artistic point of view i wish more people did the like hey why don't we spend money on making it look cool um go ahead sorry no i'm not Go ahead, Jesse. I was going to share my uh, favorite ad. So, Jamie, go ahead if you have another thought. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, from a cinematography standpoint, I thought the Jeep ad did an exceptional job. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful, too. Uh, that I mean, that was a, a good. Think about all these ones that we're talking about right now. The big takeaway from a lot of these, just like a big blockbuster movie, right? It's not about the special effects and all that. You have to have a solid story. If you don't have the solid story and a solid takeaway, it's not going to work no matter how you shoot it, right? And to me, that Cheetos ad didn't have a solid takeaway. And that's to me why it kind of fell short. But these other stories that we're talking about, again, the Jessica Long story, you know, it's such a great inspirational story. And again, the moment that we're in in history right now, it just fit and it worked. I think where Jeep had a benefit is um, just how like visually unique a Jeep is. Like if you line a Jeep up against nine SUVs, you're like, oh yeah, that's a Jeep. 
Whereas like the Jeep shows up kind of middle of the ad, like as, as kind of in the background. And then that's when you're like, oh, okay, it's a Jeep ad. As opposed to like if it's a Cadillac or some different SUV, it's kind of nondescript and you don't really kind of know that, it at the very end. And they played really well with the whole middle message, right? Yeah. So you look at the state of our country, all these different things. They did a really good job of attacking that particular problem, if you will, without going too far this way, too far this way. It was like, look, we're all in this together. And most of us that are sensible are in the middle product. You can relate to Jeep. This is where Jeep comes from, yada, yada. So I, I thought it was a really good execution. I even went so far as to like the coloring, you know, that it was the deep, rich, like the sky was like almost that storm in middle America kind of blue, you know, which is, I know the point, right? Um, but it was just even all of the contrasting colors and the, and the white on the Jeep and, or is light, white or light blue. I can't exactly remember exactly the coloring, but I mean, just the way that it kind of stood out and all of that. I mean, it, I, I just thought it was exceptional. Not only was the message good and easily received, but just the, the actual with the coloring and the way that they shot it, like you said, the cinematography and everything, the photography was just exceptional. And you got the boss. Well, yeah. I, I'm I am a weirdo where I'm I'm the one like after the commercial I was like on Google Maps on Wikipedia like looking up <laughs> yeah I was curious like, about that too actually oh that, so that's what it looks like in the is that a real place yeah I'm gonna look up the Google Trends report for that one right after this <laughs> but so, Jesse yeah I, my favorite ad um, that struck with me personally was the Indeed ad and I'll tell you why because um, I think a lot of people you know you're supposed to say oh I couldn't imagine what it's like trying to find a job during COVID and to it hit a personal note for me because before Dean Houston like I applied to I think 122 places and it sucks like trying to find a job just flat out sucks and it's like full of disappointment and oh, I thought I had this interview. I thought this was my chance. And now this company's more of a scam. And it's just the ups and downs, even COVID aside, of trying to find a job really sucks. And I think they did a good job at kind of the it, uh, inspirational, like, you know, we're helping people find jobs. And one little subtle part about it that I really liked is when they kind of show a close-up of like salary preferences the person goes increases it and i think especially with with covid that the instinct would be like all right i need a job so I'll, I'll i'll work for whatever but just the the idea of like no i'm worth this much and not compromising because you know i need a job i i thought that was a real subtle choice um do you guys even remember the indeed ad yeah, i was just, just going like, to claim that disclaimer i don't yeah so it was really interesting because they had like the two words right there. Um, like we help blank get jobs. Exactly. But those, those middle words were continuously changing as they would show a different scene, you know, and it was different life circumstances and things. So yeah, I, I think from a messaging standpoint, I think they did, they delivered a, a nice, and it was a positive message too, you know, about the job search. Um, it wasn't something that was like, yeah, this is something everybody has to go through or everybody deals with, but it was, it was still that kind of we're all in this together kind of a thing, but there's a positive way to look at this and you are worth it. And here's how we can help. So I, I can agree with you, Jesse. I can get down with that one. 
Well, and I remember just like there'd be clips of like a woman just like this. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I know that feeling. I know that. And then you kind of have like the inspiration of the, you know, the guy getting ready, putting on a suit for like a, a virtual meeting, just because it's like that, that feeling of maybe this is the one that I think they did a really good job hitting on. I think they couldn't have picked a better musical choice either. Um, you know, I, I love that song. Rise Up is a, is a great song. And so I think that, that the music and the way the images actually were very closely tied to even the, the beat of the song. And so I, I think they did do a, a nice job with that. Indeed. But uh, so, so, Jamie. Yes. You already gave us your favorite album. I did. What do you think Josh is? This? Probably the 3D Doritos. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know Josh. Well, um, that's, that, that was one of my disclaimers at the beginning when I said, you know, I probably have one on the list that people are going to definitely disagree with me about because I've been seeing how that 3D Doritos ad has really been uh, scoring high. And for me, that was on one of my worst lists. I just was not feeling that ad. I just like, Matthew McConaughey is naturally a really funny guy. And mm-hmm. they just did not use him well. I didn't think. I just, I wasn't feeling that ad. I was waiting that, waiting for that to be a pun on like being two-dimensional in Zoom meetings all day. Like, like if they would have used that with the 2D effect. Yeah, maybe that would have worked. But, yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I wasn't feeling it. But so one of my favorites that, again, when it comes to, you know, we talked about the lemons because that one actually made me laugh out loud. The other one that made me laugh out loud was the Rocket Mortgage with uh, Pretty Sure with, with Tracy Morgan. So, you know, the family going there, they're like, I think I'm pretty sure. And then it shows um, like, you know, he has, he's in the plane and all everybody's wearing backpacks, looks like little school backpacks and he pushes them out. The I'm pretty sure it's a parachute, you know, that he has all these different examples of that stuff. And I thought that was, that was just pretty clever. Just funny. Do you think that like it's more, I, I guess it would depend on the project, uh, on the, on the product, but the, the going funny versus inspirational. I'm always fascinated on those conversations. Well, typically, you know, I think I think that the funny hits the mark, especially for the occasion. But I was actually expecting to see more inspirational things just because of the year, you know. But um, I thought there was kind of a, a good balance this year. I mean, because they did have – and even the way they started the Super Bowl out, they had a special message at the very beginning, right? And then they had song, and it's just – the whole thing was – trying to have this positive vibe and us coming back together, you know, pushing the restart button, you know, it, it definitely had that feel. So, but you know, at the end of the day too, we've had enough uh, seriousness, I think for 2020. And so I think a lot of us are looking forward to laughing, you know, so, but I, I thought they did a pretty good job of, of balancing that out. But yeah, the Tracy Morgan one, I, I, I thought that was good. I thought the Pringles one was good too, with the astronauts coming back to landing in the ocean and then uh, everyone, missing them because they're playing with their most uh, favorite stackable <laughs> chip. Uh, yeah, right, not, not, nothing like terrible things happening, but the whole world being distracted and not really noticing. I mean, I'm sure that wasn't parallel for anything. But uh, So, Colton, what was yours? What yeah. was your favorite? 
Well, I, uh, I had a lot that I, I, I actually really enjoyed. Um, but I think my all-around favorite, um, and, and this is really because I, I, I think it's going to work from a business perspective for them in a huge way, was actually the GM ad you said you weren't a big fan of. Uh, from an ex- Will Ferrell? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think I was expecting to laugh a little bit more when I saw Will Ferrell, you know, mm-hmm. the supporting cast of characters there. But when you think about it, right, is when you look at the electric car market, they're really, like, there, there isn't a domestic manufacturer that has really emerged as, like, the go-to. Right. I mean, we consider Tesla that, but I'm talking to the big four, you know, your historical juggernauts. And I don't think there's a better way to get people who are diehard American car buyers to activate than to create some competition, right? And by that whole idea, you know, of, hey, we're, we're, we're getting our butts kicked here, you know, you think about it, it's like this interesting thing where I think that's really going to speak to, you know, specific buying profiles of their brand. Um, but the other thing, it, it aligns with like the green energy movement, right? So you almost have a company taking star power, the idea of, of a big part of their, their typical buyer's persona, you know, that competitive nature that, hey, we, we appreciate American made. And then also aligning that with a, with a cause that is going to help us reduce emissions, right? Like that's this win, win, win that, that, I thought was really interesting. I will admit I didn't think the writing was the strongest. You know, obviously a lot of star power. But that one, I think when we look back and you look at, like, what happens, I would not be surprised if GM ends up moving a lot more EV vehicles with that being the start of the conversation. And and for that reason, that was my number. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see what you're saying there. And I, I think – you know, from an educational standpoint of the general public, you know, we, we know where the big players are for those types of things for EVs are, um, you know, because this is a space that we know. Um, but, you know, I think the general public may or may not know that we are behind, you know, Norway and, and Sweden and Europe and, and even China in a lot of cases, um, you know, in the EV market. So I, from an awareness standpoint, I thought it did a good job of that. Um, but yeah, I, I was hoping for a little more when I saw Will Ferrell, I'm not going to lie. Right. I, was, I was hoping to be a little more entertained. And I think that's maybe why I don't feel as strongly, or I feel like the Cadillac commercial was better than that. But, but hearing you say that I, I can, I definitely agree with what you're saying. And I do think that that'll kind of, you know, peak maybe people's competitive nature just a bit. And in, in, in the other one that I think got absolutely no shine anywhere I looked but again, like, like maybe not the funniest ad, maybe not the most emotionally impactful, but the, the two weather tech spots that ran. Yeah, I thought those were good. Yeah. I thought those were absolutely incredible for, you know, the, the purposes of, of really getting, you know, ideal buyers engaged with the brand. You know, you look at that, hey, we, we don't need to, we didn't need to reshore any of our work because it never left, right? And talking about a culture that's all about empowerment, like, that one maybe it stuck, stuck out to me because the facility they shot that in is literally 30 miles down the road from where I live. 
you know, and they were literally the next town over. I pass it all of the time, you know, but you think about it and like, like it was a no frills, honest dive into their company, which if, you know, I've got an SUV or a truck or I need something that I've invested a lot of blood, sweat and tears in to be protected, that's probably going to resonate with me. Right. You know, so well, it didn't capture a lot of like media attention and it wasn't funny. Like, I think it was very authentic to the company. And I think that it was put together in a way that's going to resonate with their target market. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I don't know. It, 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 it just seemed to work. And I think it, it's worth talking about. As far as, you know, traditional ads go, I thought that was one of the best ones. Again, you know, their, their whole focus was their people. And again, you know, the time that we're in, it's, it's a perfect way to approach it, you know, and it's relatable, you know, that was kind of more of a B2B type of commercial than all of the other ones, you know, but I, I thought they did a really good job on that. Well, and I think part of a strong advertisement is to kind of zig when everybody else is zagging. And I think the, the tendency is just kind of real loud and like, oh, cameos and real high production. So I do think like when all of them are like that, like an ad like WeatherTech that's very kind of simple, really does kind of stand out. Well, and we talked about earlier, you know, some of these companies may have been better to put the money into production or something, you know, something powerful, more powerful like that. And I think in this case, they put the money in the spin, but kept the production very simple. And I think that'll play, that plays to the message too, because it is very basic, you know. We don't have supply chain issues. We don't have this because we're we're American made, because we kept we keep American people employed, and so I, yeah, I think that's I think it will resonate more so long term, maybe maybe the short term, and it, it wasn't super catchy and powerful, and it didn't have star power, but what it did have was authenticity, like you've said, and I, I think that's impactful. Well, when you think about it, I mean, WeatherTech is is a, is a very profitable company, very well established. I mean, if you're trying to protect your car. You think them already, but historically their, their advertising, that's a company that I've followed is very science focused. You know, how is it going to protect? You think about adding that element of like brand loyalty that something like I think you're exactly right. Jamie is like long term that brings weather tech from like best in class protection technology to a company that people truly want to support. You know, and you can't place a short-term value on that. You know, so I don't know. Good to know I wasn't the only one who paid attention to it. But like you said, Josh, maybe that's because we're all a bunch of B two B heads, and that one really fit yeah, them. Right. But uh, all right, so we got just a couple minutes left. So quick round robin here: Are Super Bowl ads getting better, or are they getting worse, and why? Depends on the ad. For me, I think, you know, overall, they're just getting less entertaining and it could have something to do with the changes in medium. You know, people are moving away from linear television, which is basically your, your television that you've watched for decades, right? To your OTT and CTV that's more interactive and engaging, um, you know, your online ads through your connected televisions and, and social medias and, and all of those tie-ins. Um, but I, to Jesse's point earlier, I think some of it has to do with the fact that the, the surprise factor, the wow factor is gone because we can see them in advance. Yeah. So, you know, 
But, you know, I thought with this year's special circumstance, and again, uh, all of us working from home, the Zoom meetings, all these different things, I thought there was more unique opportunities that were missed in this one. I thought I was going to see something really different this year. I thought they were going to be speaking to me differently. And it was kind of the same old same. And again, you know, these guys are fighting for the same little nuggets of this little infotainment space and it's just there hasn't really been any true innovation in the past 10 years or so and so I think that again you know TV viewership is going to keep going down 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 and you know I, I didn't see what the numbers were for viewership this year but I'm sure it was down than the previous year and the year before that you know even though we're all at home and it tells you something and again you know we just talked about we all used to look forward to the commercials, right? You know, half of us could care less about the game. We're there for that. And I think that's starting to go away a little bit. I don't think it's the excitement there is, is not quite the buzz. is just not there like it used to be. At least that's my gut feeling. I don't know if that's, you know, uh, accurate or not, but I don't know. I, I think that these guys are going to have to start thinking a little differently as we move forward. I think how we approach things, the vehicles we use, I think it's all going to change. I think you're going to have more immersive experiences. I think you're going to have more personal experiences. And I, I thought I would see more of that this year, but you know, we'll, uh, we'll wait for next year. Do you guys think some of it too had to do with the fact that we've had these brands that have typically had, ads for decades that opted to do something different this year and not have their big like Anheuser-Busch or, or Budweiser for example I know Anheuser-Busch had a few ads in it but it, Budweiser always has some really impactful ad and they didn't have one this year a lot of advertisers opted out that have had ads in there for decades um, you know do you think that has something to do with it too like those big, those high dollar names, those big brands that didn't have ads this year. You think that would inspire innovation, but I think what happened was you had new upstarts trying to get in there by using the old formula, you know, instead of like coming in and doing something completely different, you know, it's just like people expect what a Super Bowl ad should be. And it felt like a lot of ways people were trying to say, Hey, this is what a Super Bowl ad is. And we're going to write to it instead of disrupting. You know, and I think that's a great po point, Colton, is, is like you think about like the OGs there. That's like Bud Light, right? Bud Light has been doing this for years. They've been the kings of it. They know how to do Super Bowl ads, you know, in and out. And, you know, they, they had a couple of, of, of great commercials this year. But again, same old thing. Right. And then you have these new startup like Squarespace. They had a great ad as well with the Dolly Parton nine to five theme right and you know these newer companies but to your point they're just trying to mimic what has been done it's a great commercial it's you know it's somewhat memorable and it's 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 entertaining and all this stuff but you're not breaking any new ground you know and that's what i'm uh, hopefully we'll we'll see more of so contrarian uh alert um i i think just i think ads for i think it's a lot like music where there's always going to be good ads and bad ads. And what tends to happen, I think, is people forget about the bad ads, where like you look back at the, the glory days of commercial ads, there was a lot of bad Super Bowl ads back in the day too, but because of the way just the brain works, people kind of forget about it and they just remember the good, the good commercials. And so then they think, oh yeah, this year's commercials are, they aren't what they used to be. And you see that a little bit with music where it's like, yeah, music isn't what it used to be, where it's like, 
no, there was a lot of bad music back in the day. It's just, it kind of gets forgotten about because it wasn't good. Like they used to have a song about working at a car wash and like that was a thing. So I think there's going to be good and bad music wherever you go. But, and the same thing with the Super Bowl ads. Like I think every year there's, yeah, there's a handful of ads that you liked and a handful of ads that you don't. But that's, I think, I think it, it'll always be that way. Well, to that point as well, just like everything we do, you know, part of this is science and the other part is subjective, right? We're all going to have different takeaways and it, it hit us differently. And that comes from our life's experiences, right? They're all different. So, you know, your opinions are always going to vary. But I think at the end of the day, you have to look at what is the main objective for these companies? You know, is it working for them? Are they getting the viewership? Are they getting the response that they put their money in for? Are they getting their money's return on it? That's the big question. It is. And well, We'll see, man. I, I, I like is more digital integration, digital call to actions come. You know, I'd like to see if people start studying, you know, like digital engagement metrics afterward to see like to what end. Or maybe that's even affecting some of these companies opting out. I don't know, Jamie. You know, but uh, I know we are we are coming up to time here. But this has been an incredible conversation. It's been a lot of fun. I think we got to do more creative reviews on Inspire. That's for sure. But, um, all right. Well, Josh, Jamie, Jesse, it has been a great one. Truly. Yes. And, Lots of fun. Yeah. Thanks, guys. But, uh, all right. Well, to the audience, it's Colton Sambo with Inspire. Hope you enjoyed this one. I know it got a little bit more unglued than usual. Maybe that's a good thing. You tell us. But we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Say bye, everybody. See you guys. Yeah. Bye.